This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. Since 2015, the Aftermarket Service Aftermarket Podcast Pioneer. Good to have you here. I got some great guests here. Husband and wife. I'd like you to meet them now. Dane Bailey and his wife, Kathy. In the brick walls. Wow, this is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love those backgrounds that you selected. Hi, Dane. Dane and his wife, Kathy, auto experts in Colleyville, Texas. That's correct. By the way, guys, I got to tell you, I love your website. Great website, myautoexperts.com. Thanks. Nice videos, number one. And I have to tell you, your clients will feel the love when they go to that page, I tell you. Very good stuff there. By the way, Kathy, besides helping Dane and probably being his soulful conscience in the business and does a little marketing, she's also a real estate agent. That's correct, Carm. So even though we're here talking about automotive, what's going on in real estate? I mean, with pricing and interest rates, where are we? Well, the market has definitely changed a bit um, over the last couple of years. But in the area where we live, there's still a high demand for homes with low inventory. So we are staying very busy. Wow. Well, Texas seems to be a state people want to go to. So uh, nice for you. Especially the area, being in Dallas-Fort Worth area, we seem to be have a melting pot of people coming in and yeah, I've stayed really busy. It's no secret we're facing a technician shortage, but rest assured, Napa Auto Care is addressing that one tech at a time with your help. The free two-year apprentice program offers a variety of training to produce a technician through nine stages of curriculum, earning four ASE certifications throughout the program. To learn more, members can visit member.napaautocare.com or contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts stores sales rep. Hey, look, this is a great story with Dane and Kathy, my great friend Dan Taylor from Transformers. And you guys are Transformers uh, clients, which is great. You just came off the the Transformers Summit, which uh, was great. I was there two years ago, but not this year because we had our CARM cruise going on. The the really cool thing about what's going on with Dane and Kathy is that they they came off a franchise, They I think, about 10 years ago, right, guys? Started it a little over 10 years ago and rolled into to just independent operators this year. Yeah, you got out of that. And I think part of the great story is, is that you were in this franchise for a while and and maybe there was a struggle that's going on. But as soon as you left and went independent and then you started to look around and you found Masterminds, peer groups, the Transformers group, you were telling me that you guys just blossomed by hearing from peers. That's true. Correct. Uh, actually, we were part of uh, Transformers before the separation from the franchise organization, but definitely being part of that mastermind being with peers gave us the reinforcement that we needed as far as the separation and going independent. You said the word, it's huge, reinforcement. So many of us just don't know what's around the next corner until sometimes we hear it from other people. Correct. Being part of industry peers, so just what you mentioned, people that have already been there, just a sounding board, so to speak. For us, it reinforced several beliefs and feelings that we had had over the course of the last several years. You know, Dane, I've just heard some stuff on social media. I've, I've seen some stuff, you know, about coaches. And coaches are great in our industry. I think they perform an incredible service, function, support. If the client isn't willing to accept their guidance, 
And those couple of times when that doesn't happen, and they the coaches sometimes let them go, or you know, or the or the shop owner leaves the coach because they can't seem to get up and out of their own way and do those right things. I was chatting with some coaches the other day, and I says maybe the word coach isn't the right thing because you know what coaches are supposed to do. Listen, you know, football coaches, I know you got the talent in you, and you've got to move that right leg faster. And when you see this kind of offense or defense, I mean, coaches help people become better at what they do. Tiger Woods, coaches for his, you know, making sure his swing thoughts are good or he may have moved his body just the wrong way they're observing stuff and i was asking these coaches should your really title or role be advisors what do you think of that thought definitely had a change of uh, heart and change of belief over the years especially since being part of a mastermind group and being associated now with coaches and that i think coaching is a a correct term for me. And just you alluded to Tiger Woods, that even the best of the best always have somebody with them, coaching them, trying to make them better. LeBron James is another. Michael Jordan always had coaches, right, to help get the best out of him. Why do we believe or feel or think that business should be any different? We want to be the best. We are trying to aspire to be the best. What are the tools that we need to help us be the best. To your point, I guess if I was in your particular position, Dana, I knew the business was doing a million and a half, and I really felt in my bones we could get to, you know, 1.67 next year. I guess by having a coach on my team, I would say, okay, coach, I want to go to 1.67 next year. What do I do? And the coach should say, let me hear what you want to do because we've been working together. And even if it's your first couple of months with the coach, I don't think you're talking about sales volume. I think you're talking about a lot of other stuff. Okay. Got to get a lot of other stuff out of the way before you can start worrying and in, in, say growing sales, but you're with them. Would you respect the coach more if he said, come on, Dane, you know me, tell me what your plan is. I think that's being uh, accurate and truthful. If a coach does that, for a coach to come in and say, hey, I know what your business needs, I think just what you alluded to, that's... They want to know that you've got the plan. They want to know that the things that they're working with you on, advising you, teaching you on, you've got grasp of it. I believe so. And you want to get ahead. But you've got a great story to tell that I think you were telling me in 2019, which your seventh year in business, you did a million bucks. And now you're at 1.8. How'd you do that? Well, I went back through, as you alluded to, went through some notes, just our journey on how we got there. So again, just to recap, yeah, 2019, our first year to crack a million. 2020 with COVID, we dropped back down to 900,000. 21, we rebounded to 1.1. 22... 1.55. This year, we're going to hit 1.8 plus. Next year, we're targeting 2 million plus. So from 2020 to this year, we've doubled doubled our revenue. There's a lot of people that looked at that post-COVID, lots of money, and you know people scheduled out so far. Is that going to dry up? And have you actually put on a completely different process, systems, marketing hat in the last year and a half? I would say the changes to our marketing has been to just strengthen it. We have have brought on a new marketing team when we made the separation and went independent, but we've continued to market using traditional direct mail. We're looking to increase our audience this year, expanding our social, digital, web, all of these areas. And referrals still continue to be one of our top two uh, generators for new uh, prospects. The thing I find fascinating with both you and Kathy Dane is that you came into the industry 
with no automotive background. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so what was your push to say, hey, I think we, we could open up an auto shop? A couple of things. So interesting. Yeah. prior to automotive, so I was in uh, consulting. So I was doing worldwide traveling. So Asia, mm-hmm. Europe, even uh, New York, your part of the world, just got to where the realization that that's a young man's game, spending 150 nights in a hotel a year. You can relate to this when all of the vendors at LaGuardia Airport know you on a first name basis, Been national rental long. car folks, <laughs> the kiosk vendors waiting at your American Airlines gate, American Airlines uh, gate reps. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Bailey. It's good to see you again. How are you doing? Getting personal f- Christmas cards from the... <laughs> It's a warning message. Yes, from the Hilton Garden staff. So anyway, (laughs) we knew the writing was on the wall. And so we were looking around at at what was a potential transition area. Had experience with local automotive, a shop, good group of guys. That was how we began our discussion about they were looking to expand. We were looking to transition to something else. And that we started out as a customer of theirs. And then that's what led us into expanding and getting into automotive to begin with. So you ended up franchising, saying, hey, this is a great opportunity. So instead of doing a Dairy Queen and instead of doing a Dunkin' Donuts, you said automotive. And it is because you felt comfortable in the in the world that you were in with this one particular person. And were they the franchise? Pretty, come on, we'll teach you everything you need to know. Essentially. Plus Dane liked cars. Dane's always liked cars and he's been good with cars. So. so Kathy, are you still working and helping in the shop, doing any marketing? What's your role? I'm marketing and quote hospitality. So I help keep the employees happy and customers happy. And Are you the client experience officer in the company? Possibly you could say that, yes. But everyone is. Yes. To a certain extent, but I use Kathy as our client relation specialist, right? Hey, Kathy, what do you think about this? I'm sensing this. How would we handle this, that type of situation? As a woman and as a woman uh, car owner, she knows firsthand some of the, the experiences that woman may encounter or what is important. When we were doing the layout of the offices, the design, hey, Kathy, uh, you think we can get away with one bathroom? No, we need Separate bathrooms for men and women. (laughs) You know what? That's brilliant, by the way, because I I rarely see two, and you did too. Do you have a coat and a purse hook in that uh, woman's bathroom? Not. Women's amenities. We have, yes, we do have women's amenities, table, little nice table with magazines. It's much nicer than the men's bathroom. Appropriate artwork. They're kept like super clean. And then the layout of the lobby is very nice. It's all very clean. Reading material, you know, sofa and chairs, separate chairs to sit in. Cowhide rug. We have cookies on Friday, every Friday. And I've been doing that for 11 years now for employees and clients. So when they come and then each employee gets their own birthday cake for their birthday. Nice. Do you have a Keurig up front? Uh, we do. Mm-hmm. And what types of coffee are in there? One, two, A couple three. of different uh, flavors. Uh, yeah. tea. So how about the brands? We've got Pete's, the, I think a Duncan's uh, brand. The donut shop, yeah. yeah. Got a uh, tea, got a hot chocolate in the winter. This has been just on my mind, so big. I was at a, a friend of mine's shop uh, last Saturday. Spent the whole day. It was brand new. You wanted to show it off to me. And I saw his Keurig, and I saw the off-brand coffees that would come from like a wholesale club. 
maybe because I, I knew the brand. It was their, you know, their house brand. And I said to him, because he is this really classy guy that runs a great place. And I looked at him and I said, what would be your customer's impression if you had Starbucks coffee in there? When you walk into this beautiful, new, gorgeous place, you expect to pay X. If it's dirty and ugly and dusty and the paint's peeling from the wall, you expect to get the best deal in town. When people come and they trust you and the relationships are right because you work so hard at doing that, even if they don't have coffee, it's just, wow, they thought enough to have a couple of different Starbucks brands, even though it's a very intense coffee. And then I said to him, as I looked at his little cooler with waters and sodas in there, I says, uh, you need to put the word complimentary on there. We don't have, I don't think we have the word complimentary out there, but I think the customers know. Yeah, they probably do. But a brand new person that comes in and they're sitting in there and they, well, maybe I'll have a cup of coffee or no, I'm going to have water. Who knows today when you go to a restaurant and you put your credit card down, they bring you another bill because it's now costs more because they're charging you for the credit card fees. Man, does that pee me off, right? Yeah. Again, I'm assuming that's my bill until it comes back higher because of my credit card. And if if we're getting so nitpicky in our crazy world of ours today, why would someone assume that all those sodas and water in there would be free? It's just my think. I may be wrong. I like to mention that to people. Anyway, we're done with the lobby. It sounds beautiful. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, I think first impressions are key. When they walk in, it's a good first impression. As an independent repair shop owner, do you find yourself struggling with any of the following? Uncertainty about the future of your business and keeping up with the competition. Are you spending too much time managing day-to-day -day chaos or struggling with new employees? Do you have time keeping up with industry trends? Do you find your marketing is effective? How do your finances look? Are you reactive rather than proactive? Do you know where you should be, where you can grow, and where you should cut back? If any of those situations describe where you are today, you are finally in the right place. Repair Shop of Tomorrow is Napa Auto Care's newest endorsed partner. They are helping shops nationwide run more profitable automotive repair shops by utilizing proven best practice marketing and coaching to leverage Napa programs to drive quality car count, sales, and profits. RSOT will look at productivity, efficiencies, effective labor rate, average hours per car, labor profit percent, manage and measure labor, and how you can create net profit. Mike Kraft from Chelsea Tire and Service totally revamped his business. He was ready to get out, but decided to give RSOT a try. Now he has two shops with a totally revamped business. Likewise, Tom Kilmer from Grand Rapids Motor Car, RSOT helped dial in his business and focused on key points that changed his business and his life, which is all in his bottom line. Repair Shop of Tomorrow offers a tier-based program to not only generate more business today, but to transform your shop into a top-level shop of tomorrow. RSOT can teach you how to make your shop profitable, and they can teach you how to recruit and make more labor dollars for your shop. Give Repair Shop of Tomorrow a call, 440-545-1230, for a free 20-minute no-obligation consultation. Well, it looks to me... Dane, that you have one heck of a weapon in Kathy, because when we chatted a while back about doing the episode, you said that you've got a lot of female clients. I'd say at least half, if not more, of the people we interact with are female. 
How have you cultivated such a great woman clientele? I think that the environment is so welcoming and that um, auto experts is, as the, is known for being very trustworthy, that they can take their car there. They can get it taken care of with professionalism and they're going to come back with car and not be overcharged for it too. Plus it's clean. It's predominantly a male oriented field. So it does help having some female asp or, you know, female input in there. But I would say that people feel comfortable coming there and knowing that they're going to get their money's worth and not be, quote, ripped off. That's just the reputation that we have. Do you have a female on the counter? Not at this time. No, not at this time. We have in the past, but right now we're all uh, all male. All male. When the female was on the counter, did they have a different kind of appeal or communication style with uh, with your customers? I think it did kind of lower the bar, the barrier, so to speak, of... Comfort, confidence, yeah, the intimidation that I'm talking to a female, not a male. Yeah. Um, Don't our male service advisors today, I don't know if you're giving them training, you're listening to phone calls, you're you're grooming them and helping them. Some of the top shops today don't have any females on the counter and they are just, they're on fire. It's got to be because of the, the way they relate and build trust. Because I don't think you can give someone a price on a thing today at a top, top shop unless you've got their trust. Correct. Wholeheartedly agree. I'm going to back up a little bit. You asked earlier in the segment, how did we get into this? The shop that we originally partnered with, I told you we were clients, have two daughters. They both started when they were driving. We'd take their car to this shop, built the trust and comfort level there that, hey, I could send my daughters, I could send Kathy, get their car serviced, and hey, they're not going to be taken advantage of just because they're be woman, whatever, naive hey, we're not going to, again, take advantage of you. And so that was kind of a mindset that was important to me, important to Kathy. Mm -hmm. Hey, we want this type of trust and reputation. Whoever we're dealing with, I think we still try to carry that forward. Right. I think we have that feel. What I'm hearing from you, Dane and Kathy, it's in your culture. Yeah, it is. All of our staff got wives, moms, daughters, Mm -hmm. have got females that are important to them in the business, we've all seen someone that we know and care about be taken advantage of, right? And nothing gets us more fired up than when we witness that. We see it happening or when we a client comes in and says, hey, I was at ABC business and they told me I needed this, that, and the other. You look it over. No, that's not the case. Gets me fired up. Yeah. Are you doing inspections on all the cars? Yes, sir. And that's one of the big changes Right. When we joined our mastermind and got in talking with peers and, hey, what are top shops doing? This is back in 2020. That was one of the things I think we can hang a hat on that was a big change for us. That was a tough change across the board. Right. We lost staff because of that. We've heard that before. Interesting. Didn't want to change. So what can we learn from that? Was it the teaching, the training? Was it the why? What got in the way of losing some key talent? There was probably some ego involved. Mm-hmm. Probably, a, I'll say a quote, traditional mindset. Hey, I've done it this way before. One of the individuals that's no longer with us, I think, in hindsight, was holding us back. This individual had been in the business for a while. was always saying, hey, I've done it this way for 20 years, 30 years, Mm -hmm. 40 years, I know what I'm doing. In hindsight, getting rid of that mentality, that limited thinking, again, helped propel us 
to where we are today. So glad you, you hung in there. You toughed through it. I've asked people in the past. I think DVI is becoming much. In fact, it's the wrong words to say to a client, but don't get me started on my soapbox on that because I don't think they have a clue what those three that acronyms mean. And I'm sure you have something else that you explain to the client. But when I would ask owners, hey, you're doing DVI? And he says, well, my guys won't do it. Then I always ask the next question, who owns the business? And, and of course they say, Carm, don't slap me in the face like that. And I find it to be fascinating that this is for the client to see, to, for the clients to understand, for the clients to see the pictures, for the fact that if we're looking for safety and reliability, you, we can come in here and we could just do your normal maintenance or fix your front end. But there's so much else that goes on that's so interconnected to the vehicle. Think your customers have to so appreciate all that you're doing for them by giving them this information. How many clients say, I don't need all this information. It takes too much time and I don't care about that. And yeah, you're just trying to sell me stuff. What do you do to explain to the client, this is for you. This is like going to get your annual physical for yourself. Yeah, you need this. You're absolutely correct. I think the greater majority of, of our clients see that transparency. They see the reporting and the feedback that we get is, I love this. I love the A, the thoroughness. I love the transparency. I just love being able to see what you see, correct? And then there's 10%. I don't need the report. I don't need this. Just call me and tell me what it needs. No problem. What do you call the DVI in the face of your customer? What do you tell them it is? An inspection report. See, I love the word report, by the way. For me, as a consumer to a shop, I love the word, I don't know why, report means so much more to me than an inspection, safety report. We're going to do a full vehicle safety report. When we check in new clients or any clients, and of course, we've got a couple of different flavors of inspections, even if they're just getting a, a basic oil change, and we'll say with every vehicle that comes in, we're going to do a courtesy check on your vehicle. We're going to check your battery, brakes, tires, just to make sure there's no safety issues, correct? If they're getting a paid inspection, we're going to tell them, hey, this service comes with a full comprehensive inspection and written report and just setting the expectation. How would you like to receive it? Would you like to receive it by email or as a text message? You just said an interesting word if they pay for it. Do you have, do you charge for a full inspection? So we've got like a basic service, a basic oil change will just come with courtesy inspection so to speak, right? But we do have other levels of, of services which do include the full comprehensive inspection, right? So that would be what's called a paid inspection. And then some customers just want a road trip inspection, a pre-purchase inspection, things like this, right? So what are you charging for, say, a pre-purchase inspection? I think it's about $250. It's very comprehensive, as, as you might know. Tell everybody it's the best $250 you'll spend. <laughs> yeah. You've got one of three options going to happen here. One, you get a clean bill of health. $250, you got peace of mind knowing that you got a great car that you're looking at. Second option, there are some deficiencies observed. We're going to give you an estimate on what it's going to take to cure those deficiencies. You can take that back to whoever the seller is, and maybe that gives you some leverage to help negotiate a better price. The third option is going to be, hey, pretty rough vehicle. You might want to steer clear of it. Then you've got peace of mind knowing, hey, didn't get stuck with this one. So I would yeah. equivalate it to not getting a home inspection before you purchase a house. So need to have the peace of mind. And Dane has been advocating this for all the time that he's been in the business. So we always get the pre-purchase inspection before we get a car, used car. Yeah. When we were on the phone a while back, Dane, we were talking about doing the show. You said, wow, I learned so many things. I was exposed. 
when I joined Transformers. G- give me the, the biggest thing you remember that you learned. Oh. <laughs> oh, I heard the emotion because you probably have 10 critical things. Yes, at yes. least. Yeah. One, learning about how to set uh, proper labor rates. One, how to be able to set proper parts matrix. Group that we were with previously didn't have any of this. There was no labor matrix, as crazy as that sounds, implementing online parts ordering. The efficiencies in running a 21st century business that the top shops, and this is not exclusive to Transformers, we are in a group of the top shops in America, and this is what they are doing. There is no difference in running their automotive businesses than there is in running an Apple retail store. We're using top software, mm-hmm. top EVI systems, top training, a top merchant, merchant funding. We are now, I am proud to say, our employee benefits portfolio is now on part of where I came from out of corporate America. It's taken us a while to get there, but now our benefits package includes not just major medical, but dental life insurance, disability insurance, PTO on par with what corporate America is running, a retirement plan with matching all of these things. Is it expensive? Hell yeah. I love what you said, by the way, 21st century, setting the bar. You want to be in that group because you want to keep moving the bar for yourself. But you couldn't have done any of this if the profit wasn't there. So you, you work on every, you know, you look at a profit and loss statement and you've got your sales and you've got your, you know, you've got your gross profit, your costs and your net operating profit. Where am I, how am I going to pay these people? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And I always used to say the word, and I still do, struggling shop. And they listen to the podcast. They hang out with some mastermind people. They're finally saying, I got to stop treating this as a hobby and I got I to really run a legitimate business. And someone said to me the other day, no, Carmen, it's just that they're sloppy. Hmm. And I said, I always said the word struggling slash, I should say now, sloppy. Because when you're sloppy, go into a business that's run sloppy. That's where your deals are. That's where you're going to pay $50 an hour for something. And they'll say, oh, bring your own parts. It hurts our profession, image of our profession so much. Why doesn't this individual want to hire the best make a lot of money, support their family, put kids through college, have a great retirement plan. Why not? Why? They don't know what's around the next corner. They deem it very hard and difficult to even get get there. It's not easy to get there, is it, guys? No. It's a lot of work. Yeah. One other thing you mentioned, uh, you had asked me, hey, what were some of my takeaways from part of the mastermind? You alluded to Dan Taylor early on. And so I think this may be a unique aspect of Transformers in that not only are they talking about uh, cars and shop operations, so to speak, but they are also big on the other aspects of successful businesses on individual growth. You've had a podcast on earlier this year with Dan and Rod Olson. And for me to be in the same company as those two with Mm -hmm. on your podcast, my estimation tops of the tops. Being able to be part of this type of thinking, understanding, just awareness, if nothing else, I think is also a big component. You talked about the summit. That's a big part of what the summit entails is those types of of speakers, not just motivational speakers, business coaches, personality coaches, business people, not automotive people, business people. Right. This is the the thinking. We run a business, and you talked about the, quote, sloppy. I think whatever the adjective is that we want to use, 
everybody in the business, we have a responsibility on how the business is perceived and how we promote our business, our industry, right? We all get painted with the same brush. That's huge. I mean, you basically just summed it up. You have a responsibility. And if you don't want to go to the highest depths of responsibility, caring, giving, trusting relationships with your own people and your clients, then get the hell out. That's right. You don't need to be in that business. Yeah. Drop by some flea markets, sell your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) This is a lot of the, I think the, the mindset or the impression of a lot of clients in automotive is still this, hey, change the oil in my dad's small block Chevy when I was growing up and I can set the points and change the plugs. Man, those days are long gone. You know, Dane, are we guilty to a certain degree of not helping our customers realize that they've got a computer on wheels? Yes. Listen, we're going to give your computer issue, your your check engine light to our technology specialist, and he's going to hammer it. By the way, did you know that he gets 80 hours of training? He's got national certifications because of the complexity of your automobile today. We invest in thousands of dollars worth of equipment to plug in and to learn what's going on. I mean, that's a 35-second little mini speech to have that individual walk back. And the next time they're at the coffee clutch or they're, did you know how complicated cars are today? They're telling their friends. Well, where did you learn all that from? Well, it's, it's in TV and all that stuff. But again, I don't think we want to complicate it and get too technical because sometimes we can. But I think selling the idea that they, the confidence and the trust they have with us because we spend our profits on staying current. Current. And this is where Kathy's a big help for me is kind of being a sounding board for presenting that type of information. How much is too much? What makes your eyes glaze over? What <laughs> What a great point. Glazing over. Be care- you know what? That should be in the job description of the process, the, the operations book. Don't glaze over our Don't customers. Don't glaze eyes. over. <laughs> Don't let the eyes glaze over. Yeah. A lot of technicians that come up to the counter know how to, you know, they're, they're now service advising. They go in a little too deep, don't they? Yeah, we're great at, at speaking <laughs> jargon and lingo and, you know, <laughs> want to let everybody know what we know. I come from an engineering background and man, Kathy, will, you know, she'll be the first to, to stand up and give a sermon on, you know, how I operate. You know, I just try to remember, okay, how would I talk to my mom? How do I talk to Kathy about? Something that's mm-hmm. that's necessary and important, but don't make my eyes glaze over, please. Yeah, they don't need a dissertation on. I love to see how things are made, Dane. I love to go to plants. I, I mean, I love that stuff, but I'm not sure I want to know how the uh, tab A and slot B works on the you know on the inside of my car. He could tell you. That's for yeah, sure. I bet you you could. Oh my! Speaking of Rod Olson, you know we've done a couple of great episodes with Rod, eight fifty five and eight eighty nine. Just go to my website, remarkableresults.biz. Type in O L S O N and listen to those great episodes. And in fact, on our downloads page, new downloads page on our website, it's it's in the resources tab. You'll see a download from Coach Olson on. It's a great paper on uh, being a great parent to a child who plays sports and how we shouldn't get involved sometimes with the coaches and do the things we say we do on the, from the sidelines and stuff. Great. I think it's a 
three-page report, but uh, it's on our it's on our new downloads page. And everybody could read that. Yeah, yeah. Go, just go get it. Downloads page, uh, remarkableresults.biz forward slash downloads. So are you going to grow another store this year, next couple of years? What, what are your plans? So two goals for 2024. We're finalizing our goals for next year. One, of course, is growth within our current location, which has been our flagship. And then looking at expansion. This area is growing leaps and bounds, even though I don't know if teetering, but we're looking at some slowdown economically, but people are still moving into this area, this uh, hot spot. Mm-hmm. I think there is always a need for businesses that people can trust. There will always be that need. And I've struggled with this as an internal debate off and on for years. The summit and listening to other keynote speakers helped me solidify this thinking is that, you know what? If we're stagnating, we're dying. If we're growing, we're living. And I love giving other employees and other people opportunities. And if expansion helps them to realize their dreams and opportunities, sign me up. That's what drives me. I don't think you have to have multiple stores. There's a lot of places they have an opportunity to expand, to reformulate their footprint and add capacity and make it more efficient, reduce the steps so that we're all working. There's a lot of other ways to make money than just keep adding stores and hammering efficiencies. There's a lot. And again, my buddy's place that I was in this past Saturday, and I'm looking at all the things that are attached and are hanging on the lift posts and how close things are to the lift against the edge walls. He's into lean and reducing steps and to to make it safe and efficient in, in his place just by the design and the placement of stuff. So interesting. I love what you said, growing and living, you know, a a great living while the company is growing. And I go, I want to go back to the trust thing one more time. I was just sitting here thinking about that. And I was thinking, it's not just the automotive business that people want trust from. We want it from restaurants. We want to trust that the food is good. We want to trust that it's going to be consistent. We want to trust that the service is right. And whenever that trust is broken, because they're not paying attention, we don't go back as often. Or we just say, eh, let's give them a break. Maybe they'll fix it. And now they, they could have lost a revenue stream of thousands of dollars from you this, this year because you haven't gone back because you were disappointed. Doctors, I mean, go down the list of businesses. They earn your trust every single damn time you show up. It's not, trust isn't a forever thing, is it? No, it's not. No, we have to earn it every day. Every day. And I would think in in any business or industry, same thing. I may be sounding like a broken record, but this is where Kathy's uh, background (laughs) is a strength for us, right? Because she's coming from another industry, another perspective, but also customer service is number one in her business, right? That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Got to earn the trust of your client. Real estate is all customer service. Kathy, how does that work? The phone rings. Hey, I saw this listing. Where, how do you gear yourself up for your reply, your response? I'll say this. The majority of my business is built on relationships that I have had with friends and, and people where we've lived for like 25 years. And so the relationship was built through trust, friendship, um, just connections, common connections. And from there, because they knew who I was as a person, they felt comfortable enough um, using me as their agent. So that's how I built my business. My business is not basically just picking up a phone and taking 
client from wherever. But through that, it's a network of referrals, families, like I've sold four homes for the parents and their kids. They keep coming back. And these are people, they're my friends. I mean, I treat them as, as like my family and friends. And you also become a like an emotional counselor because buying and selling houses, it's a huge decision in your life. It's a big expense or a, a, a big profit. So I do a lot of handholding, but always supportive. And I am able to take that knowledge and experience and help Dane at the shop because it's handholding too. I mean, you're Cars are usually your second biggest possession. So let that be a big takeaway. Hand holding. Think about the role of the service advisor in an individual who gets a quote that's maybe a little higher than they expected, but critically needed, right? This is all red line stuff. And having to handhold them through their decision to help them do that. Just thinking auto repair near me, you're searching Google, and all of a sudden you are saying, oh, I want to buy a house in this community. And you say, houses for sale in this community. Maybe you listing comes up and they either they either email, they text. It's however it works, and you don't know me, you get this particular lead. How does it start? Actually, I've had that happen a lot because I probably do more listings than I, do, you know, more of a listing representative than a buyer's rep. Um, so an individual calls and they're moving to the area, then just take information from them. What are you looking for? And they're asking questions about my listing. You know, I answer them and then I meet them. You know, I'll meet them over there and say, hey, let me show you the house. You're digging for information, but you're also giving them affirmation that this product that you are representing is good because I'm going to make sure the house is right before I put it on the market. I go through all of that with my seller. Sometimes we do pre-inspections to make sure that the house is sound. And I am there representing for my seller. But also, if I've got a buyer coming in, I can also serve as an intermediary and represent that buyer as well. So I'm not putting a product out there that I don't feel good about. I love how that connects back to the business, Dane, because when that transaction is done and the, the trust was all there, maybe you may not have that client again for a whole while, Kathy, but upfront thing is critical and important in, in representing the product. No different than you, Dane, but in order to get that customer to be trustworthy and quote, quote, loyal, there's still a lot of work done post. Are you using a lot of CRM stuff, uh, texting, email? For us, yes. Uh, and for Kathy, yes. Yes. Uh, so we're using, I guess, more modern CRM technology, so to speak, plus follow-up, phone call follow-up. Kathy does that. Kathy sends a thank you basket to all of her clients, yeah. whether they're whether they're buyers or sellers. A new clients or every client? Every client. What do I expect in my thank you basket? It depends on what you like because I find out what that person likes. Oh, that is so cool. That is so right. They may be moving into a new home and say it's a new build and I see what their style is. And I mean, I can think of several clients. I've got one that, you know, loves coffee. And so I just build a basket that's full of, you know, she loves plants and succulents. So she's got coffee, coffee mugs, succulents, maybe a gift card to Pottery Barn. But this would be for a seller a house or buying a house, right? I do it for both. Okay. So here in the business, so if I come in and I spend 500 bucks, am I going to get a thank you basket? Not a thing. You could tell what you do give though. Dan gives out Sophie dolls. Tell them about the Sophie dolls. I love the idea of the thank you basket, but is there a spend number that depends on what's in the basket? So for us, we're not giving baskets, so to speak, uh, for our clients. This is more of, of Kathy's uh, real estate, estate clients. Okay, I see there's bigger bucks there. For us, uh, it's more of 
touching them several times, an email follow-up, a phone call follow-up that I'll make to them. And then we send out, uh, quote, retention type of marketing this holiday season to all of our clients so far this year. We sent them just a $50 gift card. Thank you. Come back and see us. Appreciate your business. Nice. What's the Sophie doll? We've got a mask shop mascot, right? The one shop manager has a dog. He got us a puppy uh, earlier this year. And so she comes and hangs out in the lobby. Great personality, really an icebreaker with clients. We found small stuffed animal, I mean, three inches tall <laughs> of a dog that actually looks like her. So we got it branded. It's got a t-shirt on it. It's got auto experts logo. <laughs> and we started just dropping the, if we see a car seat, Back the car, in the car seat. Boom. Put yeah. a little stuffed animal back there. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. So that is so cool. We've got a little bit of swag that we'll leave, uh, leave clients. Um, yeah. You know, we were talking about courtesy bar, drink bar, stuff like that. We have logo, I guess, little cards, water bottle toppers, we call them. In the summer, hot in Texas, put a ice cold water in the cup holder, put this little yeah. tag on it. Thank you for your business. It's all brilliant, brilliant stuff. No wonder why you have such a great business that, and you're doing so well after all these years of, of figuring it out. And you're right. I mean, you you got to work it hard every day. This is so enlightening. I mean, I think there's about 10 quality takeaways from this. I learned a lot. Please go on their website, myautoexperts.com. Love the website. Nice job. Thanks, Carl. You do that? Yeah. Love that website. Uh, Kathy did have a key part in the design of that. You mentioned about the video and the photography. So we used her... My real estate photographer, photographer. videographer mm -hmm. that she uses mm -hmm. for real estate. Yeah. He came and shot a video, shot drone video. He's great. Inside and outside of the shop. Pictures. Extreme heights. He's great. Well, we've got that stuff going on everywhere in our industry today, which is cool. And I don't think we, if we want to be a significant player in our town, that we should look anything less than as professional as, as we work hard at. And I, I think the quality pictures and, of course, the drone footage and the stuff that you're doing. I, as I, when I walked away from your website, I said, clients will feel the love. That's what I wrote. Dane Bailey. And Kathy, this was great. Thank you so much. Appreciate your wisdom and your very uh, quality and transparent discussion on your business. And we hope people will learn from this. And I hope they did. If you did, then take an idea and go get it done. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carm. Thank you, Carm. Appreciate it. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.